Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the very first episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards. I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Madison. What's going on? What up, what up? And we have a very, very special guest to start this off. Uh, you guys know him. Uh, I've been listening to him for a long time. We got Dom Kennedy joining us. What's going on, Dom? What up, what up, man? Happy to be here. How y'all feeling? Man, bless, bro. Bless, bro. Trying to, trying to uh, stay safe in this uh, crazy world right now. It's a lot going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Shut up. Yeah, man. So I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna spend too much time on the intro. Uh, we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, yeah. We have a segment that Jason runs, so he can he can he can uh, he can attest to that. Yeah, and uh, Dom, I mean, we're not gonna gloss over the fact that obviously my cousin is our first episode. It's our first time doing any type of interview together. So you know, let's make it light. Let's make it fun. You know, and I got a segment that I have that I like that people like. It's called the one or the two. 
you know, and basically it's like a this or that question that I ask people based off of what I think that they, you know, are into or whatever, and you give me what you like. Right. So Running right now. This is one of the two. Um, 48 Laws of Power or the Four Agreements? Four Agreements, for sure. 112 or Jodeci? Oh, Jodeci. I've been close. Shout out to 112. What's up? <laughs> uh, Mustang or Impala? Impalas. For sure. Uh, round and third or high stepping in the end zone? Ooh, I mean, in the end zone, you already in the end zone. Round and third, you can still be out or you can be just faking and holding up. So I'm going to say the end zone for sure. You got to get in the end zone. Third yeah. ain't home. Yeah. Uh, Pac or Biggie? Man, I can't. I got to split that one down the middle. <laughs> I'm a super-duper Biggie fan. I feel like Pac is the best, you know what I mean, to ever do what we do. But uh, lyrically, I just love Biggie so much, man. I could never, I could never, I couldn't go against him, you know what I mean? If I was going to bet on somebody, I had to bet on Biggie. He like bad roof with this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's through the roof, right? Yeah, for real. Uh, Bob Deep or Dog Pound? Man, that's a good one. So I would go with the Dog Pound. You know what I'm saying? Just me personally, I would go with the Dog Pound. But Mob Deep ain't no joke, for yeah. sure. They're kind of similar to me. Yeah. But on uh, different coasts, obviously. Right, right. Tyson or Mayweather? Tyson, for sure. Mike Tyson, the champ. Yeah. Uh, do the right thing or Malcolm X? Uh, I mean, Spike Lee's movie was, uh, it was something that he had to create, you know, obviously from, from adverse and real life circumstances, but he had to create it. Malcolm X is, uh, is more, you know, autobiography, but just in terms of the movies, I would still go with Malcolm X. I love Malcolm X more, even though I, I, I enjoy doing the right thing to the utmost, you know, it's probably in my top 20 movies of all time for sure. Probably top 10, honestly. They both are. Right. Griffey or Bonds? Oh, man. Who is, who is Bonds? Who is that? <laughs> Griffey. <laughs> right. uh, Tom Landry or Jimmy Johnson? I don't really know that much about Tom Landry, but I'll, so I'll say Jimmy Johnson, man. He was a great coach, and he, he was one of them coaches that fit uh, – he, his mystique and his look fit the era and the team which he served. You know what I mean? The Cowboys, like, it's very few people that's, like, perfect for the job. Like, he like Pat Riley status. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like the coach of that team, you know, in that era. Timmy Johnson, it's hard to beat that. You know, he had a good run for sure. Yeah. Uh, Venice or Malibu? <laughs> Venice for sure. He's up. You already know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, money or power? Man, I would say that's a good one, man. I would say power is important because with power, you can get some money. Well, money, you can get a little bit of power, but not really. But power with power, you can get a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if I had to choose one, and because money is so abundant, it doesn't seem that way. Maybe when you're trying to get some, but money is more abundant than power is. You know what I mean? Power is not as easily grasped, and it's not as abundant. Like, people have money and have no power. Right. Um, 
but people with power got money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pretty much all the time. Right. But a lot of power got money. So I could turn the power into some money. So in that case, I would say power for sure. Uh, Magic or Kobe? Magic. 32. <laughs> um, Lakers or Dodgers? I can't do it, man. If I had to, though, I would say... I would go at the Dodgers, man, just because I love Dodgers Stadium, but I love the Lakers, too, man. I really do. I'm not a complete. I like baseball more than I like basketball as a whole, the NBA as a whole, but I, so, but I do love the Lakers a lot. Like my heart, I have a heart, a space in my heart for the Lakers, but the Dodgers, me being a baseball guy and Dodgers and Dodgers Stadium and everything is like, it's the perfect scenario. All right. Uh, Ducks or Jordan 1s? Woo, Jordan ones. They damn near dunks, but a little bit better. So you can't go wrong. You know, you get that little wing on the top. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or on the on the lows on the back in that case. But yeah, Jordan ones is like a little bit better version of some dunks. You know, it's only certain dunks that like I would probably wear nowadays. But Jordan ones, I'll, I'll bust those for sure before I bust some dunks. Right. All right. Last one. The Bullets ain't got no name series or the marathon series. I got to go with the bullets. Ain't got no name, man. That's the foundation right there. And I feel like, you know, Nip will say the same thing. Without that, it ain't no marathon series. You know, even when I was fortunate to be a part of a marathon series and the shows and everything, I watched bullets ain't got no name more as on the, from the street level, from the ground level as a fan and just learning about it and the impact. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't mainstream, nowhere close, but you could see what was building if you was paying attention, you know, and you know, and you know how the rap game goes. You could see what was building, and man, on the last, on the time when the marathon store opened, I bought bullets ain't got no name. I believe it was volume one or volume two up there that day, and I, I still got it. Yeah, so that just tells you right there, you know, what I mean? like it's always some gems you could draw. I, I hear some songs on there, and I told them that it's stuff on there I heard when I bought that that CD that I had never even that I really missed when it was new. You know what I mean? I was like, damn, this song right here sound like it just came out. You know what I mean? Like, it was being like it was a new song, even though it was on Bullets Ain't Got No Names. So just me being from L.A., I got a different feeling for that. You know what I'm saying? I got a different respect and feeling for Bullets Ain't Got No Names series. That was like the last of the music that I really anticipated. That was like truly underground, you know, in those times. That was like do it yourself, but it still hit though. You know what I'm saying? Like you you was waiting for the new one to come out. Like you cared about it, you know? Yeah. For sure. Well, that was my one of the two section segment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm to play right now. All right, man. <laughs> so now I'm gonna come up with the tricky questions. Um, obviously I did some research and, you know, obviously since you guys are cousins slash brothers, he let me yeah. in on a little in secret. So let's talk about Nike talk. <laughs> Nike talk. Shout out to Nike talk. I ain't been on there in years. So uh, I'm going to use my screen name. I was just saying that the next platform that blow up, like some Twitter or some Instagram, I'm not even going to go with my name. I'm going to go with my Nike talk name. So if y'all was on Nike talk, y'all know what it was. <laughs> so I, I got a couple, I got a couple <laughs> homies that's in the sneaker industry now and they remember you actually from, uh, you know, posting yeah. in there and they were like, yeah, yeah everybody basically that's, that's actually doing it was at yeah. on Nike talk. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
Wale was on there. Shout out to Wale. It was a lot of people on there. Ben Baller used to be on there clowning. He probably still on there clowning. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of people on there for sure. Yeah, it was definitely the culture. So I was told that you used to do custom shoes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when I got out of high school, my boy, he had a, he had an idea, and I just really kind of helped him. It wasn't nothing I would have did on my own, or it wasn't nothing in my dreams. It was just something that I was into. I was always into, you know, shoes and like just being fly so i just helped you know really i was like the second in command in terms of like designing and coming up with ideas but really it was my boy who i went to high school with it was his idea okay so you you talked about being fly i mean i i'm, I'm from east side compton i used to okay. go, i used to come all the way to la to go to men's land and up against right. the wall and i heard that right. you used to work it up against the wall yeah south bay galleria Classic. That was the only job I ever had. I was up in there though. Saturdays used to be going crazy. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all hired some 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 good looking chicks too, man. So it was easy to like, you know, everybody yeah. wanted to flex Ooh. and act like they, you know, had some. So they the was number copying. one store in the mall. I mean, if you really from LA and you know you graduated in those days and you was doing your thing, you know, around that time, new, you know, what I mean. Uh, that was the number one store in the mall, man. I seen it with my own eyes. Again, I was a fan going to all the ones. We used to go to Fox Hills every day, if not four, three, four times a week, you know, and I kind of just got the job just being a, being known and knowing people, except I got the one at South Bay instead mm-hmm. of Fox Hills, and it was, it was popping, man. That was like, if you was a young person doing your thing, you was up, you was in. I, I still see people and know people to this day in the street that I've worked with or met. <laughs> while I was working at up against the wall and I was like I was 18, 19 you know yeah man that's culture right there because a lot of people you know obviously it's a different type of LA well it's not LA because South Central is real LA to me and then obviously out of town is called LA Hollywood you know what I mean so right. they don't really know they missed a good time um, did you ever right. step foot in Patriotic Hall and, and uh, you know those, I those probably spots? did I remember I used to they used to have them crazy parties. I remember it used to be the spots over there by SC they used to have yeah. too. I don't remember the name of it mainly, but yeah, I, I know exactly where you're talking about, man. That was that was a whole era right there for sure. Yeah. That was a whole era. That was the Bobby Valentino, Guapale, Lil Khan. <laughs> Closer to my dream. Lil <laughs> and all of them beats. You know what I mean? It was going crazy. That's when you had the act, right? When you had yeah, the act. Yeah, I was, so, I was out. He didn't have the act. <laughs> yeah, man, we was trying to pull up. My homies had with little whips, and everybody would meet up. UCLA parties, Westwood little joints, try to get into them reggae fest. It was a beautiful time, man, for real. Yeah. That's when a lot of people made their names, you know what I mean? And for real. It was on the scene, for real, for real. Yeah, for sure. Now, I grew up playing uh, basketball at Dominguez. Okay. You played baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Where where'd you play baseball at? I played at Culver City, um, Babe Ruth and Culver City Little League for the most part. You know, that was where my career took place. I didn't play in high school. I wasn't I wasn't a great student. I wasn't fortunate enough to play in high school. I was uh, I was on the team till till it was time to, you know what I mean, turn in your grades. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes, man, yeah, but you still yeah. figure it out. But I, honestly, I, I never, I don't remember being ever like, um, you know, I had fun with it. I had fun with it. Like, I played in a little traveling 
teams, you know, after the season because I was one of like the All Stars or whatever. I remember I was in I was in the newspaper before we played at El Segundo Field and they was always good. And uh, we played them a couple times and, and things like that. I played with some cool players and met some cool people. So I played up until I was about, like, what, 15, I guess, I guess you could say. So it was cool. I learned a lot. I still use metaphors and things to, to this day about, you know, things that I really learned from baseball that I really didn't realize was, like, life lessons. I just thought it was part of the game. Mm-hmm. But it turned out to be things that, like, kind of molded me, you know, my approach to things and, and the way I do my thing in, in life and in music, for sure. Yeah. So Jason mentioned, you know, I guess you're a big Griffey fan. How how did you balance that out with your, you know, with your fandom for the Dodgers? Like, would you root for Griffey when they when 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 they played oh, yeah. the Dodgers? I saw Griffey hit a home run at Dodger Stadium. Um, baseball people probably know for sure that um, they did, they started interleague play back in the nineties. So before that, you couldn't see American League player play a National League team and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, they brought it back. They brought interleague play back. They still do it. And saw the first series that Griffey played, the Mariners played at Dodger Stadium. I was there, and he hit a home run. Then I seen him play the day before I graduated eighth grade in Anaheim, and he hit a home run. So the two times I saw Griffey with my own eyes play, he hit a home run. So, (laughs) I mean, that's like, you know, your favorite artist doing your favorite song. You know, when you play the sim, that's all you want. So he always be number one to me, and that's that's true. That's true stories, you know what I'm saying, for real. So we're yeah. uh, we're eighty four, eighty five. We obviously had some of the same favorite players growing up and watched some of the same stuff. Uh, what's your thoughts on Deion Sanders and the Cowboys? I was a Cowboy fan at that time, man. My mom is a big Cowboy fan. She converted me. She she didn't convert me, but she did with her fandom. And and after the Raiders left, I didn't really have no team, so I kind of slid with her with the Cowboy jerseys and all of that because I was balling. And you know, I'm a Cowboy fan too. Huh? I think Trey's mom yeah, is a Cowboy, mom fan. Cowboy fan too. Yeah. But my mom, yeah, my, 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 my mom, thirsty yeah. though. She a crip. So she, she came just... up to the to the uh, event. He had an event. <laughs> Where they like uh, they do like the podcast live podcast him and all the all the guys right it yeah. was sold out his mom came up on stage full cowboy <laughs> everything like full fit nah, yeah. nah yeah that my mom is super cowboy fan too been to the new stadium you know what I mean went to the old stadium all of that so it's like. I, um, when Dion got there, hell yeah! I mean, every every kid knew who Dion was yeah. for his talent, and then he was he had his own shoe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So back then, if you had your own shoe, that automatically made you a star and somebody. You know, even no matter if we seen you really play a lot or not, there wasn't a lot of Falcons games on TV, yeah. but people knew who Dion Sanders was. So when he got to the Cowboys, yeah, hell yeah, I was happy to get see him on the Cowboys for sure. Super baller. You know, he didn't stay long, but I get it now, you know, in terms of it, of it being a business, and he was the best at what he did for hire. You know what I mean? So Jerry Jones paid him for that year or whatever, and then he skated. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. He he, he definitely Art was one of, one, of the, one of the flyers. Uh, so Jason, man, I, I also have Jason serving as a executive producer, and he comes up with these dope ass questions. And one of the questions was, "What was your favorite bootleg tape to watch?" My favorite bootleg tape to watch, straight bootleg. Yeah, straight bootleg. Know. I'm talking about you know, real LA numbers at the bottom. That 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 type of bootleg. Shit, my dad had that Tupac. Uh, 
how do you want it? Triple X version. <laughs> okay. I wish I had that, man. Damn, I wish I still had that. For real. I be thinking about that a lot. Like, damn, that shit would be amazing to see that. If somebody still had that, he had the uncut version. They had the, the, the uncut with the porn stars in there version on the Tupac. <laughs> and my dad had it on tape. And, I, and man, I wish I still had it. That's probably, that. I used to play that. I didn't play it a lot. It wasn't really showing nothing. It was just fly to see the different, you know, because it wasn't on TV. So it was like, oh, this the, this the I, one. I remember I used to watch, you know, I used to dub the tapes, right? So I remember I used to watch in the back Players Club a lot because it was like a, amazing movie. a lot of nudity in it. And like Lisa Ray was, you know what I'm saying, bad as fuck. Yeah, I used to watch so that shit a gang of time. It was funny as fuck. I didn't even know who Charlie Murphy was then too. Like looking back at it, like right. and he was funny as hell in that movie. But like looking back, like damn, that was Charlie Murphy. Right, right. My favorite scene from that is Miami Style when he bombed on him and hit him in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> I got a question for both of y'all. All right, yeah. what do you remember about Dom? Well, pretty much the joint studio session, y'all first one ever. Uh, I, yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, it's different levels of it. I mean, our first paid studio session where we had like an engineer, which would be Mr. Payback on Virginia Avenue. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It just, just not really knowing a lot. Like, I don't think people understood. Like, I had talent a little bit, but I wasn't really like we was. We didn't come from the music business. We just had talent and confidence to like be ourselves. You know what I mean? Like. We never really, we didn't learn the game, you know? So from those early ones, like working with somebody who had structured songs and did stuff, like it used to be all type of funny stuff going on, man. Just like counting bars and telling you how to do, you know, just structure a song or where to stop or what you should do right there. Like it was so basic. Like was, I tried to count the bars, but Clint, he, I didn't know how to layer shit at all. So we would go in there and like niggas didn't know you had to double shit. Niggas didn't yeah. know where to double shit, how to make, you know what I'm saying? Make the hook sound better, make this stand. Right. Like, we didn't know nothing. I just knew how to count bars because I made the beats. So I was like, this is 16, like rapping here. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where we're going to put the hook at. Let's figure out a hook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we I went up there. Instructions, really. And, uh, yeah, kind of like from what I remember, it was like, okay, this is what we got. And I would say my part, and then he would listen and be like, okay do that and then you know we'll just go from there like he said and piece it together and go to the next part and he will say all right double this or stack this part or do this you know that wasn't really i had never seen nobody record a song before you feel me it yeah. sounds crazy now but it's like i never went to no studios like yeah. i didn't hang around the you know what i mean hollywood or like stars and nobody was like oh y'all tight come to the spot like i never even seen nobody make a song yeah we was just trying it, like we was just trying it, man. It wasn't really that much thought into it, you know. Yeah, I know. I remember the first session. That's when we did Fresh to Death because it was me, you, Joey. Yeah. I think I think G and Chris showed up at the end. Right. And it was you and Joey. We did Fresh to Death. We did Late Night Creep, and then uh -huh. I, think, I think we did Star, and then right. and then Chris and G, you know what I'm saying, came and right. wrote some shit and hopped in. Yeah. there like niggas going to the studio. <laughs> Like, we would get as much stuff as we could could done, basically. You know, we would have a lot of things laid out and ideas and songs. Maybe we have four songs written. 
we'll get three or two and a half done or three done, you know, on a good day and then listen to those and then make adjustments, really. So it was really, man, it was really basic and trial and error, you know? Yeah, no, definitely learning on the fly. Um, that's how I felt jumping into sports because I had no blueprint. I just, somebody left the door open for me. I didn't go to journalism school. It was just like, hey, I just know sports. And I'm going right. to try it. And I kept getting challenged. And I, was, I wasn't backing down. So I understand the process with that. Um, right. I, I opened up. I was like saying I was a big fan. You know, I found out, found, found you on the blog, right? I think it was right. free. I think it was on Smash at the time. Um, from West Side with Love, but then you also had I actually had dove back deep and went like 25th hour and um, mm. the other tape I think it was uh, Best After Bobby, so right. um, and and this is before I actually met Jason. I met Jason like a decade later, which was kind of crazy because I actually was fucking with his music too. <laughs> yeah. um, but Watermelon Sunday, how does it feel uh, for your music? Uh, especially around the blog era, uh, to like stamp you as like the official summer music guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, everybody was like, you know what? It's good weather. Let's go play some Dom Kennedy. How would that feel? Like just being that, that guy. Cause I never, honestly, I'm trying to think of actually, uh, an artist that I'd be like, damn, the summer here, I'm waiting for it. Probably DJ quick for me, but you know, for you to, for you to be that young up and coming guy, you know, around that time. Um, how, how did it feel just over, like, just in general, just getting that love? Man, um, it was like, it was a word of mouth and a conscious effort at the same time. I think it was 50-50. It was something that I always wanted to put a good effort out, especially coming up. It was important for me in the springtime to always let it be known, like, how I was feeling or how I was going to come, you know? So I'm not going to say it was by accident. It was definitely something that I thought about, and I just wanted to contribute. Same thing as now, even though times change and, you know, things get a little bit different, but and just establishing myself, I always wanted to be a part of the springtime and that push with my music. You know, I felt like that was when I would be at my best and that was when people would be the most open to sharing my music. You know what I'm saying? When it started happening and people started saying that and even to this day when people say that or a certain music or album we did or a song gives them a good feeling and it reminds them of the summer, man, it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing because, like you said, not that many people have that. Not that many people could be synonymous with good feelings and good vibes and being with around people and wanting to share, you know, whatever it is through your music. You know what I'm saying? And so it's something I always loved about what OPM and myself have done. You know what I mean? It's something I've always loved, but I would be lying if I said it was on accident because it wasn't. You know, it was something that I wanted to, I wished and wanted to be a part of. You know what I mean? It's something I try to do. You know, some things, sometimes you try and it doesn't work, but sometimes you do, you try and it does. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, and, and coming up, first three, I would say from 2008 to th- 2012, it was, that was, that was number one on my list. Like, as soon as the year turned around, get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? Like, start being serious, start looking at release dates, start putting more, you know what I mean? Getting the music ready. And all of that, most of all of that, not mostly all of that, except for West Side Love 2, which was 2011, was for free. It was So it wasn't nothing I was even looking to get compensated for. It was just something I wanted to give more than anything, you know? Something I wanted to just inspire and put out in the universe. 
Absolutely. I mean, you definitely did that. I, uh, I like to compare your early work, especially um, to like the early movies like Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society, because, again, even though Good Kid, Mad, Mad City painted a picture, you painted a picture, especially for people that didn't live in the city anymore and like wanted to explain how the city was. You explain it from a cool nigga perspective of just like just a typical Friday or nigga, this is what we do on Tuesday. Because, again, when grinding rolled out, a lot of people didn't know about the L.A. culture and Taco Tuesday. And when, <laughs> and when y'all actually, you know, put that together, that just was like when that's when I seen the video, I used to just be sitting around just watching the shit. I'm like, yeah, nigga, this is how we do in the city. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and it, having and that crazy. whole vibe. I don't even about it like that because it's so natural to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we always be on some, like, nigga, we just going to show the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't tell you how many times Dom has said those exact words to me. Like, we just going to show the shit. And, like, that's, you know, a very simplistic way of saying, like, be yourself. You know, and just, like, do what we've always done. And, like, people are going to gravitate to that because of what he said before. Like, you know, once you put that vibe out, that, that energy, you know, of, like, a certain you know, just coolness or whatever, like, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, it was all real. It was real live. You know, it still is, but it was, it was all real live and it was groundbreaking and it was a, before a lot of things was going on and we just had the vision and really just the, the boss to really just do it for lack of a better term. Like, you know what I mean? For everything we didn't have going in our favor or we wasn't, we had, things that we knew made us special still, you know what I'm saying, that they didn't have, you know what I mean? And we was willing to just jump out and put that on Front Street like we did, you know what I'm saying, and not shy away from it, like, you feel me? Yeah, I mean, y'all inspired a, a whole new generation, obviously. You know, when you when you hear a certain artist that's, like, explaining their lifestyle or talking some fly shit, you have to look at it as the the, the Dom Kennedy generation sometimes because... It, right. it wasn't. It wasn't too much of that really kind of rolling around. Obviously, everybody wanted to be a gangster. Everybody wanted to, you know, do all these other things, and, and you really wasn't promoting that. It was just kind of fly shit. Like nigga, I got, I got women. Uh, you know, like I thought the visual at the the uh, I think it was Popeyes with the, the champagne. Like that's, <laughs> that's still to this day El one of the most El Pollo Loco. El Pollo yeah. Loco. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was. It was one of those those images like you know, hood rich to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, hey, nigga, we still love El Pollo Loco, even though we're going to go do what we're going to do. And, uh, man, it just it, it just made it even more cool, man, because, again, I, I growing up not too far away from you, you know what I'm saying? We kind of grew up the same that way in, in, in aspects. Right. Watching the dope boy, watching the dope boy had a cool car, watching the Hooper, or whoever it may be, have some type of inspiration. On, yeah. you know, on, on what was going on. And you not you always been a positive dude, so you ain't really really pushed on, you know, getting out of character where somebody say, Ah, oh, Dom fake. You know what I mean? It it never got to that point. You know what I mean? Right. And, and uh I think more 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 fans need to understand the evolution also. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're not gonna be able to be twenty five or twenty four rapping about that shit no more because you you know, you a father. You, right. you're, you're a leader in your community and shit happens. You know what I mean? Right. Like, hold right. say, if you want my old shit, buy it. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. So here's another question. Uh, what's your favorite Smack DVD battle? Uh, 
Man, my dude P80. I heard he got Party Artie in Party that. Party was that? Murder Mook? Murder Mook. That Murder Mook. Yeah, that one was crazy. That's crazy. And them, them, uh, them, uh, Murder Mook, J Mills was hard too. But that was his top two. But that, that part, I remember the first time seeing that, that Party Artie and Murder Mook. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I had to watch that at least five times that year. Had her in the same position as the Twin Towers, caught her off the rebound like Ben Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Send it back to Mookie with six dollars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was incredible, man. That skill and art, you know. Even for, I don't care how many records you sold or shows you didn't did. Like, you gotta respect the game, man. And that—that's—that's that's art right there. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. art in its own way at at, it, at the highest level. You know, for what they do, you know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's people that's, you know, the same thing with hoping or whatever. Like, you could do that, but you might get embarrassed playing over here with these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't calling no fouls. This is street basketball. This is this. And it's like, everybody game don't translate. You know what I mean? That right there, a lot of people, 99% of these people out here cannot do that. Yeah, that Cannot do that. Cannot do that. I don't care what they tell you or how much they sold or whatever they talking about, they can't do that. You know what I mean? So I always been somebody that love, you know, lyricism, being witty on the mic, and just being ready, really. You know what I'm saying? And having things that's fly and that's, you know, being just being ready. Like I could I could recognize that, you know, because even before I was I've made songs or wanted to rap or whatever. I still used to write little things and have little shit I would say, you know what I'm saying? Because that's kind of where I grew up. That's yeah. my main reason for shouting out Lamert Park. Like people around in Lamert, the homies I knew, they was they rapped. Even though they went to school or they smoked or their mom didn't know or whatever, but they rapped for yeah. real. You know what I'm saying? Like they rapped. Like if you was playing around, they were rap. You know what I'm saying? And say something, you be like, oh shit, hold up. You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I always watched that as a kid. So as I got older, you know, I just tried my hand in it really. So for the battle thing, I know that it's, it's a lot that go into that. It's a lot of thought. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of preparation that goes into being that good at. And then, you know, you consider no beats, no, you know what I mean, no lighting. Like, everybody, you know, these people won't even get on stage without the, the flower, the, what is it, the shit that blow their hair crazy or these niggas, you know what I'm saying? They got yeah, the studio, the, the, the whole tricks, pyrometrics, and everything. Screen, you know what I'm saying? And all of that shit, you can't get too close to them. It's like, fuck all that. Who gonna really set it off? You know what I'm saying? If we if we bored and we sitting around, who gonna, who gonna say something crazy? You know what I'm saying? Three minutes, nigga, like... You know, everybody will have to shut up at that point. You feel me? It'll go to whoever's spinning. So I realize that, you know, so I'm always into that. Somebody come up to me, want to know how to do that thing or really talking about they could rap or somebody this and that. I'm going to say, well, shit, let me hear something. Mm -hmm. Rap then. You feel me? I'm not going to listen to your tape. Just tell me what you say on there. Like, this your chance. You feel me? I didn't been put on the spot like that. So again, it's about being ready in the preparation and that's how people know if you're serious or not. Now that don't mean you can make a great record, obviously, but in the context of that lane, you know what I mean? I like to say shit, you gotta do both. You gotta do whatever. Yeah. 
I remember, I remember when you when you uh, met Rick Ross for the first time and you rapped for him. Yeah. It was in front of like a Mac like this, right? Uh, I had like the dinosaur or something. Yeah. And we was just standing there posted. And actually Nick Diamond, the only reason why that connection happened and why it was filmed, but I was rapping for him and we was chopping it up anyway. He just happened, Nick Diamond happened to film it because it was in his store. And exactly, you think about that, I then I never had Rick Ross on my on Yellow album if I don't rap right there. You feel what I'm saying? Like, he never had a confidence in me being serious about myself to even, you know what I'm saying, come to my house and kick it for some days. And that's where I recorded that song. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, again, it's like, you'll get a lot of people, oh, I'm I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. You'll be like, rap, and they'll be like, nah. And then it's like, man, I'm out of here. You feel me? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And get your link or look at your video. I don't. Have, everybody don't have time for that. Right. You feel right. me? Like I'm not no motherfucking radio DJ. Like <laughs> you rap, you rap. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna play your song. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Right. I got plenty of shit to listen to. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned Le- Mert Park. Uh, yep. Do you have any plans? to open any businesses or stores in Lamar Park? Hell yeah. And I can't say exactly what, but it's going to be fresh. And I'm looking to do it. Uh, well, with everything going on, let me just say that. You know what I'm saying? That's everything going on in the world. You know, it kind of put a damp on all of our plans. So, you know, you got to factor that in. But yeah, I do, though. I do. I have, a, I have something that I want to, again, same thing like the music, I want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And it's not nothing that nobody else doing. It don't have nothing to do with selling T-shirts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's not none of that. It's just some fly that I feel like from being a, in the community and from living not far still right now where I'm at, you know, I want to, it's something that I, I want to see in the community. You know what I'm saying? For the community, by the community, you know? And so, but yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Um, so as we get ready to, uh, close it out, Jason, do you have anything that you wanted to ask before I ask the main question? Uh, nah, not really. I don't think, you know what I'm saying? It's been a dope interview so far. So, you know, I think people will really appreciate just learning more about you and obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like us and how we started and, you know, it's yeah. going to be like an interesting, uh, thing for fans and people who, you know, don't know about you to learn about you as well. Yeah, for sure. Nah, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a different time. It was a different come up. I realized that I don't do many interviews. This is my last one. I might do one when my album drop. Yeah. But uh, I don't even, you know, it's not really nothing to explain. And I really like to put it in the music. If I feel like I got to explain something or tell something, I'm like, well, my music is my job. So I always look for ways. And now I'm more, I'm more mindful of that factor. You know what I'm saying? And, and, answering the questions in my songs, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just talking openly and blindly about, you know, whatever is possible. A lot of it don't have nothing to do with me, but I try to address things that have something to do with me that people might want to know about. I'm addressing those on my album. Right. So if I don't, then then that'll be my fault. So before we close it off, and I know obviously Jason's my co-host, but this serves as a double, a double guest uh, episode. So right. uh, I'm gonna close this out with Jason. You're gonna start first, and then Dom. You can close this out with Jason. What advice would you give your 18 year old self? Oh, wow. That's a great question. 
Um, what advice would I give my 18-year-old self? Uh, sheesh. I just do, do more with your time and save more money, invest in more stocks. Mm. You know, every, all the companies that I liked from then have all been super successful, whether it's been Apple, everything on the internet, YouTube, all of that. If I would have invested in that shit when I was, you know what I'm saying, that age or whatever, like, I would have been in a much better position, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, than I am. But it's all good. Everything else is all good. And I just feel like I wasted a lot of days, whether it was smoking or hanging out or whatever. And, you know, like, things... It, it ends up in your favor if you if you're smart enough and you pay attention to the clock and a lot of people never come back obviously you know what i'm saying we've seen what happened to so many you know friends and otherwise but you know i just wish i would have you know just been more like oh i'm a i'm gonna write something every day or have a more journals more you know what i'm saying more of my thoughts and things that i could like go back on because it's like I love to have pictures and videos which I have a lot of but I would have loved to write down more of my thoughts on those days that I was just chilling you know alright thank you alright Dom what would you tell your 18 year old self man uh, I would say just be more mindful of the historical context you know what I'm saying of the world of yourself and of the world you know I think as as youth and as people doing stuff we get lost in a fat in a hustle and bustle in the every day of trying to figure it out, but we not really mindful. And now we now we are, you know. what I'm saying now I am. I could say, but um, all of this is really history, man. One way or another, you know. what I'm saying and you don't want to wait till it's like all passed you by or it's too late to really, you know, realize that that main fact. Like we playing for history, you know. what I'm saying everybody has a legacy. Everybody is gonna is a part of the story, and you know it has the start, a beginning, and an end. You know, and it's tied into so many other people. And I could say that I didn't really, you know, from that age up until a couple of years ago, probably I didn't really wasn't really mindful of that fact all the way. It's like, man, this is really historic. Like, it's a, it affects a lot of people. You know, our lives affects a lot of people. You know, before I started traveling the world. I didn't really know who was listening to my music. Before I started doing tours, I didn't really know who was listening to my music, you know? But you should always, whether you play a sport, whether you're a student, whether you're a musician, whether you're a clothing designer, you should create like it's going to outlast you, you know? Not just for your circumstances right then at that moment, you know what I'm saying? And I think... For again, for us, we come out of circumstances where it's like you might just do something for monetary value. You might just do something for a look. But then it's like, what else after that? You know what I'm saying? Like what what more is it to it than that? You know, and I could say that I've been at least I was thankful enough and like kinda you pointed to earlier, kind of believed in myself and stayed myself enough to where I didn't have to get caught in playing a character that I have to shake now. You know what I'm saying? Or I can't. You know, I grew with myself. I, I, I won, I lost as myself. You know what I'm saying? So that leaves me the freedom to continue to tell the truth 
and be honest and grow. A lot of people don't have that luxury because they do things just based on their the moment and their circumstances at the time, you know? And that kind of traps you. Like, even if you get with something for it at that time, but then you got to live the whole rest of your life in debt to that one little time you was broke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, And in the grand scheme of history, it was just one little week. You know what I mean? And people do things all the time that land them in jail. And it's like, you did 20 years for a bad two months. I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't trade that. I can't trade that. That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. That just means you was going through a hard time. You know? But in the context of history, like, you don't want, you don't want your legacy to be, you know, relied upon, you know, the, the bad things, you know what I'm saying, or the, or, or the terrible decisions you made. And I think that if you read more history, if you look at yourself like a historical figure and realize, like, everybody didn't always have it figured out, you know what I'm saying? George Washington, before he was a president, he was just a general. Before that, he was just somebody homeboy, and they liked that he was, you know what I mean? He had certain qualities, so he worked his way, and then, shit, people fall into situations, by just being themselves, you know what I'm saying? And then it becomes history, you know? But if you're not mindful of that, you'll think like, oh, I'm either a born rich or I'm either a superstar or I'm not nothing. Like, nah, bro, you could turn into a superstar just by 10 years of hard work, yep. you know what I'm saying? But you're not going to be a superstar if you sit around for 10 years waiting for somebody to tell you you're a superstar. You get what I'm saying? And that's, that's people's entitlement up today is like, they looking at it like, well, when is it going to happen for me? You know, I never really looked at it like that. But if at 18, if I would have, you know, seized it, I would have spent more money on videos. You know what I'm saying? I would have paid attention to more things. I would have made merch how I'm making it now. But I was designing things then, but I had the resources. But like Jason said, I would have, you know, done more. I would have said, you know what? After the show, we ain't having no after parties tonight at the hotel. We gonna work on figuring out how you gonna blow up. You know what I'm saying? Instead of basking into my success of a 30-day tour and getting money. You feel me? We could have been like, who gonna get 30 days next year? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As well as, as well as my 30, so we got 60 days. Yeah. You feel me? Because we doing that now. Yeah. We could have been doing that eight years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much, Dom, you know, for joining us. Uh, before I yeah, close this out, you, bro. It was dope. before I close this out, uh, let me shout out the other shows on the Count the Dings Network. Uh, check out Bomb on Monday's feed. Uh, check out Pack Your Knives. Check out Woke Bros. Check out Wednesday Sermon with Maima. Check out, um, what else do we have here? Sorry. Uh, oh, and then for Growing Up the Same, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This has been an episode of Growing Up with Dom Kennedy and Jason Madison.